We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Shevsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it into the foul. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast post-game edition. Coming to you late night tonight, about midnight central time, as the Thunder have just lost to the Los Angeles Clippers, 99-94. to Clutching defeat out of the jaws of victory. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the official podcast of SI Thunder. I am your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Rocking the solo pod tonight as the rest of my colleagues are sound in their beds, oblivious to what happened. No, they've been texting me all night, but they're all lazy and don't want to join the show with me. So you guys have the solo Jacob pod tonight. Hope you're all right with that. So those of you in the live stream, we are live streaming. If you haven't joined us on a live stream yet, I'd like to encourage you to do so. We are live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook after every OKC Thunder game. Come join us. Those of you in the live stream, please hit those comments, ask some questions, fire off your hot takes release the anger. This is a safe place. Let it all out. And it'll give me some content to talk about on this show as well, since I have to fill time as a solo host tonight. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, hey, thanks for listening, man. We really appreciate you. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. And while you're at it, drop that five-star rating. If you do drop that five-star rating, take a screenshot of it. DM it to us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Send me your address while you're at it. I'm going to mail you some uncontested stickers. They're dope. They're holographic. They're kind of like that old Charizard card you wanted back in the day, but you can never afford. There's some pretty dope stickers. So drop that five-star, screenshot it, DM it to us. We'll get some stickers headed out your way. Folks, it feels like we have a lot to talk about with this post game. I kind of wish I did have a colleague on for this one, one of my co-hosts to break this one down. But that just gives me more time to get my thoughts out, I guess. So let's run with it. This, an interesting flow to the game. The first quarter, and really the first half of this game, was just ugly 
all around. I mean, both teams shot like 40, sub 40% from the field. The Clippers shot like 22% from the field in the first quarter. And it felt like the Thunder never really capitalized on the Clippers' poor first quarter performance. But they kept them at arm's reach throughout the second quarter. Clippers just couldn't hit anything. Third quarter comes around. Clippers tried to make it interesting. Paul George started to heat up a little bit. But my lord, Shea Gilgis-Alexander in the third quarter is just a match made in heaven. The man got to the sidestep three again, started uh, playing off of that, driving it to the basket, hit a step back like midi, just had it going. And I think that really ignited the rest of the team who came out and really started playing well. Fourth quarter comes in. Lead evaporates pretty quick. Shea comes back early in the fourth quarter, with about 10 minutes to go. And it was really the Shea and Giddy show down the stretch until it kind of got hijacked by another player we'll talk about here in a second. And again, just felt like the Thunder uh, snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory. They led the entire game. The The Clippers hadn't led since it was like five to three and then, or five to four, something like that. And then take the lead in the final minute of the game and close it out. So we have a lot to, a lot of good to talk about. We have a lot of bad to talk about. I think we should talk about the bad first and get it out of the way. That way we can all sit back and and kind of marvel at the good stuff, the positive things that did come out of this game, right? It's always like someone says, I got bad news and good news. Which do you want first? You always want the bad news first. Get the bad shit out of the way so we can focus on the positive. So let's get the bad shit out of the way. First, I'm not even going to complain about the game yet. Because I want to complain about the broadcast. Lord have mercy on my soul. Sinclair and Bally Sports. I think their broadcast feed is powered by a little hamster running in a wheel. And that poor bastard is three quarters of the way dead. And it's got a broken leg. And it's like seizing up and it can't run anymore. I don't know why they can't get their stuff together. And it is infuriating. There's been more games this season where the broadcast has had technical difficulties than games where they didn't have technical difficulties. And tonight it was twice. And it seems like it's different for for different feeds, I guess. In the first quarter, not the first quarter, but the first half, we had technical difficulties that cut the game out to where nobody could see. We were hearing the broadcasters talk, but we had no visual then everything cut out for a while. Then it all came back. And then with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter, it goes to commercial break. Bally Sports does their, we're on a commercial break and plays their little bumper music. And it goes on for like 15 minutes. And some people were still like tweeting about what was happening in the game. So they were getting a feed. I think that might've been people who were not in, um, what, what do you want to call it? In, not in district, but like in the, uh, the the viewing area, I guess. And so they were getting like the league pass feed or maybe they were getting the Clippers feed. And the rest of us sat on commercial break for 15 minutes and missed from the six-minute mark to the two-minute mark of the fourth quarter, which apparently Josh Giddy did more really fun stuff that none of us got to watch because Bally Sports is operating in the 1800s. Incredibly infuriating. I sent him an email tonight. I said, this is embarrassing. What kind of institution are you running over there? I was very upset. 
So while I sat listening to that dumbass bumper music on their commercial feed, I fired up the email. That sounds very Karen of me. But I was pissed. Made me very, very angry. How are you that bad at producing television in the year 2021? What are we doing? It's even more infuriating that you can only get Bally Sports if A, you have Cox, or B, you want to pay like 80 plus bucks a month for AT&T, and Sinclair has refused to make deals with YouTube TV and Hulu and all these other feeds. Ever since it switched over from Fox Sports, it has deteriorated very, very quickly. It's very upsetting, and it's really hard for me to do a post-game podcast when I miss four minutes of the fourth quarter because the people running the television stream don't know what the hell they're doing. All right, I'm done bitching about Bally Sports. Promise, hand to God, I'm done complaining about Bally Sports until the next game when they inevitably F it up once more. Um, maybe we all need to go down to the Bally Sports headquarters with signs and protest. I don't know. It's really annoying. Okay, second negative we have to talk about tonight. We got to talk about it. So, but and before I get, we're going to talk about Darius Baisley. Okay, we're going to talk about Darius Baisley. I am going to preface this with sometimes it's hard. Like, I don't think it, anyone's a stranger to this that I am a Thunder fan. I, we run a Thunder podcast. We we try to have the the morals of of the media when it comes to being unbiased but sometimes it's difficult because we are fans of the team that we cover here at the uncontested and i think any thunder podcast out there like would say the same thing right all of the the big thunder podcasts the small thunder podcast the thunder sites that that publish articles uh like daily thunder and and boomtown hoops we all try to remain that media unbiasedness but we're also fans and it's kind of hard to weed that out. Okay. So I am trying very hard to take an unbiased look at Darius Baisley. That, uh, and, and that can be difficult at times. Like I, I think all of us know that like taking a step back and being unemotional, un- unemotional about things that we're passionate about, sometimes difficult, right? I'm trying my best. I want to preface this with that. Darius Baisley just hasn't played good basketball. And the inconsistencies are wildly frustrating. And I can understand like the uncontested mentions on Twitter tonight were like in flames over Darius Baisley takes. And I get it. I get being emotional about it. And I get being frustrated about it because the inconsistency is just so big. Like we've talked about it on this podcast. I think the this lone thunder win this season against the Los Angeles Lakers. I truly believe that was Darius Baisley's best game of his career. The way he defended, the way he was aggressive, um, how he didn't um, like second guess on offense. And when he caught the ball, he was either passing it, shooting it immediately, or putting it on the deck and attacking the basket. He was very decisive. And ever since that, he's been on a massive downswing. And it's gotten to the point tonight where it's not even inconsistencies game to game, where one game he's good, one game he's bad. Tonight, it was like possession to possession. One possession, he catches uh, a kickout 
from Josh Giddy, and he's standing at the three-point line wide open, and he just instinctively pulls up and splashes a three uh, through the hoop. And you're like, man, that looks really nice. And then the next possession, he like does three jab steps, puts the ball in the deck, tries to do some sort of dribble move and air balls uh, like a floater, like three feet over the rim. And you're just like, man, what like what is going on here? Baisley had 15 points tonight, which would I'm trying to get back to the stats. Uh, apparently, they have uh, gone away from me here. Um, so let's see if we can get these pulled back up real quick. He had 15 points tonight, six rebounds. Those are good numbers. He was 37.5% from three, three of eight. That's just fine. But if you watch the threes, the three that he hit like splashed through. The five that he missed were like wildly errant and like nowhere close. Like that rim has a family, Darius. He had seven turnovers. Seven of the Thunder's 16 turnovers came from Darius Baisley and was a team worst minus 13. Just not good. And then down the stretch there, he forces a drive, gets fouled, and splits a pair of free throws. Gets cooked by Paul George. Gets the ball and tries to, um, like, I don't even, it was like a semi-transition with like a minute to go in the game. There was nobody else down there with him. And Baisley makes the decision to put the ball on the deck and drive into Paul George and Reggie Jackson in the paint into a two-on-one with no help from any of his other teammates and turns the ball over when the Thunder are down one. And that essentially locks the game up. Like, there's a lot of things that happen in this game. And you could point to a lot of things why the Thunder lost this game. But I don't think there's a bigger thing you can point to than Darius Baisley. Like, it is a concoction. It is a, it is a handful of reasons why the Thunder lost this game. It's kind of like you're making a recipe, the recipe to lose. But, like, there was a teaspoon of one reason and, like, a fourth of a cup of another reason and two tablespoons of another reason. And then like two or three cupfuls of Darius Baisley. Like he wasn't the only reason they lost the game, but he was a massive part in it. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch a guy be so inconsistent. Like I, it's it's just, it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. And it's very frustrating when you see guys like Shea and, and Josh really ball out tonight and the Thunder lead the game for majority of this game and then kind of just crap it away down the stretch there. It's really, really frustrating, really infuriating, and I get it. And Darius has to be better. And I've seen some takes tonight talking about like, oh, well, Baisley like, didn't play a year of college ball. Uh, true. Uh, he came in his first year in the league was the COVID year where they went to the bubble. Then he had like a weird offseason, and then the last season was all kinds of crazy. And then this was like the first regular offseason he had. And I get that. And I understand that argument, but all 60 draftees in that draft class have gone through the same thing. All 60 of them. And some of them are inconsistent. Some of them are not. So you can't use that excuse for Baisley because then the counter argument is, well, I'm going to point out every person that draft class in that draft class that's played very well. Where's the excuse for them? Apparently it didn't affect them that much. And I know people are different. And how we react to things is differently. And the pandemic was very different for every single person, 
right? For instance, like I'm sure a lot of people listening to this show, like the pandemic like wasn't that big of a deal to you. Whereas for me, like my anxiety was the worst it's been in my entire lifetime during the pandemic. My depression was very real during the pandemic, right? Like I had a very rough time. So I understand it's different person to person. But it feels like we're just constantly making excuses and excuses and excuses. And there's no like rectifying the problem, right? Yes, Darius is young. He's 21 years old, but he's in year three of the league. He's up for a contract extension next summer. And I don't know how you justify extending this guy as of right now. Now, small sample size. We're only at what game seven in the season. I get that small sample size. He could definitely turn it around. But the thing is, the inconsistency has been a a theme for him for a season and a half now. And so we've we've got to get better at that. I think I got a few mentions uh, here on the live stream about Baisley. So I want to get to those real quick. Um, and uh, I think it's Enolio. If I pr- mispronounce that, I apologize. He says, Darius Baisley, SMH. He is garbage. Uh, Nate says, I think Bays was a Troy Weaver pick. He just doesn't have the Sam Presti basketball IQ. That's an interesting take, Nate. Um, Nate says, might be more likely to be traded if that's true. Steven says, why do people hate Bay so much? Like you'd think he'd been in the league for 10 years and we were a team competing for something besides last place. Y'all don't act like that when Poku has bad nights. Um, Nate mentions that Poku is 19. Steven says, but wouldn't that kind of mean something if they are A, giving him more chances, which also means more times to screw up, and B, he's tasked with guarding top wings in the league? It's not just the fact that sometimes he gets beat defensively. That happens to the best of guys. It happens to everybody. I think some of the arguments for Bayes' defense is he just like mentally checks out at times. Uh, I talked about this after the Golden State game. You could catch it on yesterday's podcast with Taylor and I. Uh, but it's just like Baisley like has a lot of mental lapses, which aren't really acceptable. Um, so uh, there's a lot to it. Steven also says, I guess if you want to put fault on someone every game, that's fine. But I thought he contested PG well and made young mistakes. No, Steven, I thought he played like fine defense tonight, right? And Paul George is going to cook guys because he's one of the best players in the league. But it's the inconsistencies in the decision-making and the thought processes um, in the way he defends and getting confused in defensive coverages. I'm not worried about like if Paul George hit jumpers over him because Paul George hits jumpers over everyone. I'm worried about like all the other stuff, all the stuff that you see. It's like at one moment he does well. And then Baisley is very much a one step forward, three steps back kind of guy. And at some point you have to be consistent. Um, he's up for a contract extension next July. I don't know how he gets extended. I think he's probably a good candidate to get traded um, at the trade deadline. I think Nick Crane from our podcast even mentioned, like, would you do Darius Baisley for uh, Marvin Bagley the third straight up right now, or, or Baisley plus like a second round pick for Marvin Bagley the third? Both in the same position, probably need a change of scenery, not playing too great. Um, up for a contract extension next summer. Maybe that makes some sense. I don't know. Okay, enough negatives, guys. Enough negatives. Let's move on. Let's talk about things that made us happy tonight. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. First off, the Thunder lost, which helps the tank. Now, I argued, and I think a lot of Thunder folks have argued, this was a game you should have won because the Thunder are going to lose enough of their games anyways. You need to get the Clippers as much losses as possible because we own that Clippers pick. But regardless, they lost, which kind of helps the tank. Let's talk about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. 28 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, Two steals, one block, three of five from three. I mentioned it at the top of the show, but Shea Gilgis Alexander and the third quarter. It's like a match made in heaven, man. This dude is absolutely freaking cooking in the third quarter. He made Reggie Jackson look like a fool tonight. I mean, he had, I, I mentioned it. He had Reggie Jackson looking like a different Jackson moonwalking through that that paint when Shea shook him and made the man nearly fall down. The sidestep three is a legitimate weapon. The left to right sidestep three to create space is very Steph slash Harden-esque. The backspin on the ball is insane. The rotation, uh, the, the quickness of the trigger to get it off, you can tell that he put so much time in the lab this summer to make that shot work. And he's finding consistency. And when he gets that going, it opens up his ability to like drive the paint. He hit that little midi step back, that like free throw line step back today over Reggie that kind of bounced in. I mean, when he gets going, he gets going. And we've seen this multiple times this season where the third quarter comes around. It's kind of like he's felt out the first half. And the third quarter comes around and Shea just goes flamethrower mode. 
Uh, our own Nick Crane tweeted tonight that Shea is tied for, or he holds, not, not tied. He holds second place in the league in um, average points in the third quarter, and he is tied for first in total points in the third quarter. Um, he has just been uh, incredible. Absolutely incredible in the third quarter. Incredible in everything that he has done. He's got it cooking. I mean, teams have to throw double teams at him because every other defensive plan just hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. They they try to um, hedge on the pick and roll. Doesn't work. They try to switch on the pick and roll. Doesn't work. Uh, they try to throw their best defender at him in isolation. Doesn't work. So when Shea isolates, they just throw two guys at him because they got to get the ball out of his hands because they know if they don't, they're done. That is an insane level of respect for Shea. That's what you do to superstars in this league. And Shea, maybe not a superstar yet, but he deserves, I mean, I don't think he'll get an all-star nod because the Thunder's record is going to be so bad. But if he keeps doing what he's doing, he deserves, absolutely deserves an all-star nod because he has been in Insane. So good. So, so, so good. Other guy we have to talk about, since we're talking about the good here, is uh, the Wizard of Oz, the Thunder from Down Under, the uh, the immaculate rookie, Josh Giddy. Tonight, Josh goes 6 of 15 from the floor, 1 of 4 from 3. He took some good threes. And a lot of them kind of rattled out, but I think the the process of how he's getting to those threes are beautiful. Ends the night with 15 points, five rebounds, seven assists, two steals, and two blocks. Let's start with Giddy's defense, which I thought was very impressive. Um, he had a tie-up on, uh, I was about to say Trey Man, Terrence Man, driving to the basket. Um, he... The dude just scraps down low. Like he's not the quickest guy, but he knows where to be. He knows how to rotate and he'll just fist fight you. He'll pull out a knife and stab you down in the lane. Like I love it. He's not afraid to mix it up. He's not afraid to get physical. It's good stuff. Like for a 19 year old rookie, not known for his defense. It's really good stuff from Josh Giddy defensively. And then you get on the offensive end. I tweeted from the uncontested account tonight. Josh reads the floor like it's a kid's book and he's got a PhD in literature. I mean, the way he sees the court is just insane. Some of the passes he makes when he gets into the paint and then kicks it out to the corner or kicks it out to the wing. You're just like, how did that ball even get there? How did he make that pass? Like it is, it is wild to me how good of a passer he is at 19 years old. The kid is a child. He can't drink for two more years in America. I don't know what the drinking age is in Australia. Maybe he was drinking back then. I don't know. He can't drink here, though, legally. And he's just saucing it up out there. It is like there are NBA vets that don't have that level of feel and IQ and vision. And then when he gets like the take, I, I apparently I missed the Paul George off the dribble. Uh, Harold in the chat, uh, I guess, Harold, you're from Australia. Harold says 18 drink in Australia. So uh, Giddy's already uh, shot some back, I guess. I totally lost my train of thought there. Um, I guess I missed the Giddy blow by and Paul George to the rim for the layup uh, because shout out Bally Sports for being a garbage uh, organization. 
but the the move earlier at about six minutes left in the fourth quarter where Giddy was ISOed on PG up at the top of the key and like took him off the dribble and hit that midi pull up and just splashed it through. Like the process doesn't look pretty, but if he can get to that and he can make that midi pull up, he's got the floater. He's got a good ability to get to the basket. And if he can shoot catch and shoot threes and then pass the way he passes, like it's over. Like this kid is going to be special. It was, it was just incredible. Like the way he plays the game is so much freaking fun to watch. The backcourt of Giddy and Shay, uh, some people have have dubbed it uh, the shitty backcourt. It's special. You've got a six eight and a six six guy. The six eight guy is just an all around, well built, crazy high IQ passing player. Your six six guy is a walking freaking bucket who can do a little bit of everything and lives at the rim can hit sidestep threes with the best of them. It's a really fun core to build around a really fun core to build around. So I wanted to leave us with something positive. I complained enough in like the first half of the podcast. I wanted to make sure I left us with something positive. Uh, Let's finish out the positivity with my guy, Alexei Pokashevsky got 15 minutes tonight. I would argue his best half of basketball this season in the first half tonight uh, just played absolutely wonderfully. Uh, Giddy, or sorry, Poku ends four of six uh, from the floor, one of two from three, nine points, five rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. Poku continues to surprise me defensively as well. Um, he just competes on that end. He really competes on that end, and and it's really encouraging offensively i felt like minus the airball three that was kind of like a step back three kind of ill-advised take that shot out of the repertoire tonight and i think he played very much within the offense uh he didn't force a lot he wasn't doing crazy poku shit which is why i love poku now he had a little bit of that he had like a a transition dribble up three that he splashed through which was nice he had a drive and basically like a lefty hook shot pass from under the basket to the to the elbow three point line, which was like wild, um, and I don't know how he saw that pass, but he did some like crazy Poku shit, but the rest of it was like very much in the flow of the game, unforced, uh, just kind of playing within the game and within himself, and I think that's what the coaching staff is looking for in him, and if he can continue to do that, uh, it is very very promising for him lo- moving forward. Um, Poku's only 19 years old. He's got a lot of growing to do as well. Uh, only entering his second year in the league. Um, I don't mean to make it a um, like like a, an oxymoron here or be like um, going back on my word on what I said on Baisley. Baisley is 21 in his third year. Um, Poku, you kind of expect the inconsistencies. I think Baisley is at a point where he's got to be cleaning stuff up and he hasn't. But good stuff from Poku tonight, and I would like to see him get more minutes moving forward. Uh, I think it'd be fair to see him take some of Darius Baisley's minutes. Baisley played 30 minutes tonight. Poku played 15. Uh, I would be more okay with that being like 25 and 20, honestly. Uh, I'll end you guys with this before we get out of here tonight. The Josh Giddy uh, fast break outlet pass to Teo Maladone in the fourth quarter 
where Teo had like a very awkward, like kind of stopped running after he got the ball and then like finished it. I guess he was trying to get the guy to run up his back. I don't know. But the pass by Giddy, the spin he put on the ball, the English he put on, I think it was a lefty, like half court bounce pass to get some spin, some English on the ball to bounce it in a different direction so Teo could run to the ball rather than letting Reggie Jackson get in the in the way of the ball. That's some wizard stuff right there. That's like some, I don't know, some some Gandalf uh, in in the battle for Minas Tirith. That's some some Dumbledore um, fighting Grindelwald. That's level thirty wizard casting a a, a fireball at, at level thirty. I don't know. It's it's some. I'm getting in my nerd bag here. It's some insane stuff, man. Like very, very, very few players in the league can make a pass do that. And that's just, it's absurd. I love it. I'm absolutely into it. It's my favorite. Um, it's time for us to get out of here. Start pumping the outro music. You know, uh, you know, it's time to, to bounce. Thank you guys so much. Hey, the, the live stream tonight was popping. I love it, guys. Thank you so much for hopping in the live stream. If you haven't already, make sure to join us. After every Thunder game, we're going live. Sunday nights at 9 p.m., the weekly stream, we're going live. So make sure to make plans, hang out with us. We're on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts at. Drop that five-star rating. Like I said at the beginning of the show, if you uh, DM me the the five-star rating and your address, I'll mail you some some Thunder or not some Thunder stickers, some uncontested stickers doesn't matter where you live our australian folks will mail out there i don't care hit us up we want to get you guys some stickers thank you guys so much again for joining me tonight as the thunder drop a, a sad one to the los angeles clippers 99 to 94 they are back at it again wednesday night same building same building different team they'll play the los angeles lakers the only team they've beaten this season we'll see what happens Wednesday night. Is it Wednesday night or Thursday night? I can't remember. Anyways, you guys have a great rest of your week. If you're in Oklahoma, stay warm as it's going to get pretty cold moving forward here. We appreciate you guys so, so, so much. You guys are what keep the uncontested going. We'll talk to y'all soon after the Los Angeles Lakers game. Until then, and as always, Thunder Up! Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.